John chapter 3. Now, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. Okay, so this was a guy who was kind of a, he was a gangster of the righteous variety. Who, at least they thought they were righteous, but they were the ones that Jesus had the biggest trouble with. There's the people that thought they were holier than everybody else. And Jesus was always, you know, um, getting, you know, offending them. And they were coming at him. And uh, But this guy, um, he came to Jesus by night. And I was just thinking about that by night, coming by night. What are some of the things that people do by night in Skagit County that you wouldn't do during the day? What would you do by night specifically rather than doing it by day? Fishing? Okay. Wow. Fishing at night. What other kinds of activities do people do at night? Steal. Steal. Okay. Steal. It's easier to get away with with a robbery at night than in the daytime? Yeah. Okay. Or, uh, what else? Have drunken parties. Having drunken parties. Yeah. Okay. Like two in the morning. What kind of things might you find out on the streets of Skagit County at 2 a.m.? Homeless people. Crazy stuff. Homeless people. Yeah. Prostitution. Okay. So, so um, interestingly, Jesus, uh, Nicodemus comes by night, and in a way, um, he comes by night, and it's kind of criminal activity because for his crowd, going to Jesus would be considered like fraternizing with the enemy, right? It would be almost like a criminal offense for other people. Because he's a ruler, and it would be like the chief of police going and meeting with some, you know, uh, cartel person that was a local cartel, you know, connect in Skagit County or something, just because he wanted, he was curious about getting to know them personally, not to arrest them or to get any intelligence on them or anything. And so this guy is taking a risky, he's taking a risk going to Jesus. Have you ever felt embarrassed by Jesus? Like, like, you know, you kind of thought you don't want people that you know to think that you're kind of a Jesus freak or Christian or something because you've, you've had bad experiences with Christians or Christians have a bad rap or bad. There's a bad vibe around the no, church. Have you ever felt that way? Do you know anyone like that? No, this church, oh, I'm glad. This church really helped me with that. What's that? This church really helped me with that stuff, you know. So, you know, I... I talked to Pastor Mike and you and Julio and stuff. And went to classes and stuff and Psalms, and that helped me. I'm building a spiritual life, you know. So, yeah. Thank you, Bob. That's great. You know, um, I remember meeting a guy when there used to be Thrifty Foods down on the corner oh, yeah. of Fairhaven and Bel Burlington Boulevard. There was a guy in there that was pushing a big uh, couple of cases of beer. And he saw me and he said, oh, Padre. You know, Father, uh, I am uh, I am so sorry. You know, he thought I was like a priest because I went into the jail. And uh, I said, well, uh, sorry about what? And he says, well, um, you know, what he was pushing along, the cases of beer. And I said, well, that's okay. I mean, I'm not down on you for that. And he goes, well, come. Uh, I would like you to come and visit me at my house. Uh, he said, I need a beating. And I said, uh, well, I I'd love to visit you in your house, but. I don't think I want to be involved in any kind of a beating. And he goes, well, you know, he's talking in Spanish. He says, no, not you, like him. And I was like, well, I don't think God wants to beat you up either. Right? But, um, but anyway, a lot of people, 
have um, they think of Jesus or God or Christianity as being about uh, like almost like God is the big cosmic law enforcer. And that's what the Pharisees were like. They thought of God that way. And so Jesus, he was friends with sinners, you know, with the criminals of his day and age, the poorest people. And so they saw Jesus as an offender in a way. They saw Jesus as sort of almost like criminal because he was always breaking the rules. But look what they say. What's that, Bob? The Pharisees and the scribes, this is, and the higher up people said, um, you sit among with sinners, you know. Exactly, exactly. He says, how come you sit with sinners and robbers and stuff and whatever? And why do you think they had a problem with that, Bob, that with Jesus hanging out with sinners and robbers? No, no, no. It's like, good. You know, it says in the Bible. And then they they thought Jesus was the other way around, so they, but no, Jesus is, uh, you know, you know, yeah, he's a friend of sinners. He's a friend of sinners. So this is the thing that got to the Pharisees. Um, we know, he says, Rabbi, we know that you have come from God um, as a teacher. For no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Nobody can do the stuff that you're doing unless God's with him. Okay, what was Jesus doing? Well, he was, the first thing he did is he turned water into wine at a wedding. But then he was healing all kinds of other people, left and right. And and so the Pharisees were finding out about that. And so they were thinking, wow, uh, this guy may be a criminal, but God is, seems to be with him. He may be breaking our rules, but he's doing something right because lepers are being healed and cleansed. Oh, and, yeah. you know, um, people um, with all kinds of sicknesses, with cancer and bipolar and, you know, uh, addictions and crap like that are being healed and so there must be something really special about you jesus and that's why i've come by night because like it's dangerous and you must know that don't you so look what jesus says he doesn't say a whole lot all he says is truly truly i say to you which is kind of like saying for sure this is an absolute fact just check it out or i don't know what would be the equivalent of truly truly i say to you but it's something like that right Jason had a better way of talking about it, but I can't remember what it was. Something about the hood. The hood. What? Put it on the hood. Put it on the put hood. It on the hood. The truly, hood. truly, I say to you, put it on the hood. Unless one is born again, okay, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Okay, so in other words, like being born again is necessary if you want to see the other dimension of reality, of the of like heaven breaking into earth, you know, miracles, signs and wonders like healing, uh, freedom from addictions, freedom from, you know, all kinds of different conditions that just mess with us, you know, getting housing, like, you know, uh, look, we have some incredible miracle stories that um, uh, Siobhan is going to tell us later on today about um, how she got housing. You know, if you want to see action, okay, you got to be born again. If you want to see action, you got to be born again. But Nicodemus doesn't get it. He says, how? He says to him, how can a person be born when he's old? That's a good question. How can you be born when you're old? Um, he can't enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born, can he? Because Nicodemus was probably a big guy like Bob, 
And Bob's imagining his mom and thinking, how could I climb back in there and be born again? I'm too big. Is that right, Bob? Yeah, I am. And I'm too big, too. And my mom isn't alive anymore, so I couldn't even do it if I wanted to. That's too bad. I miss her. I know. Me, too. So do you. So Nicodemus realizes this is impossible. But Jason, um, can you come up here, Jason? Jason's going to share a little bit about, about being born again related to the baptisms that we're going to see. And uh, I'd like to hear what, Jason, what you, you want to share about that. Okay. Um, close up, really close. So for me, like before I got baptized in the church, I, I got baptized in the street. And um, after that, my sister, she, uh, she got baptized in the streets too. How did you get baptized in the street? What do you mean? we like committed ourselves to the streets basically so after that i was proud because she was a she was a she was a good soldier she was uh she was with it you know what i mean what we got baptized into she was a hundred percent in it and it was proud so for her to get baptized today it's kind of like um i'm proud because it's like i look at it like this it's like the Chicago Bulls when they de- when they drafted Dennis Rodman, <laughs> all right, and they became like the, one of the greatest teams in the world. So, for me, it's like we're getting Dennis Rodman on the team. So, I mean, that's all I'm going to share. <laughs> all right. So, when you're born, when you're born to the streets, like into the gang culture or something, that involves a certain kind of initiation, right? You know, and every gang has different initiations. I know the. What is it? The 13th, you know, the 18th Street Gang. You, you have to go through and you get pummeled by people's fists for 18 seconds. You know, I mean, well, like a hazing, like a hazing, exactly. Hazing in the uh, fraternities and stuff. You know. And so, you know, when you're born um, in this world, we're born with all the problems that we inherit, right? Like, uh, you know, we all uh, have good things and bad things that we're born into from our family of origin, from our parents, right? There's negative things. Have you ever noticed anything negative that your dad and mom did that you said you you swore you would never do? Have you ever seen yourself repeating that yourself? Yeah. It's, it's pretty hard to shake some of the patterns of, of how you're born, right? And do you have everything that you need from your birth parents to be uh, to, to completely thrive and be a successful human being all just with what you got from your mom and dad? No? Yeah. Me neither, yeah even though my dad is a great guy. Okay, so why would we, maybe we need to be born again. The people that need to be born again or know that they need to be born again are people that know that we don't have what we need to be saved. You know, we don't have what we need to be saved based on our nationality, our who our parents are, how much money we have or don't have. We know we don't have what we need to be saved. So our first birth wasn't enough. You know, we need to be born again. And what baptism is, when we go into the water, it's symbolically we're dying. Okay? And it's like it's like we're going back into our mother. This is like going back into our mother, into our mother's womb, in a way. Except it's not our mother. It's, it's the waters of baptism where we die. And then we're born. We come out of the water. When Heather and when Christina come out of the water, they're going to come out new, a new, new birth. Okay? New babies. And, and, and then, and this is when our status as daughter and 
and daughters and sons of the Father of Jesus. You know, we go from just being um, a daughter or a son of our parents, you know, our human father and mother, and some of us don't even know our human dads, right? You know, I, I know in the jail, like at least 50% of our, our people, often in the past, they would say that most of, half the people didn't even know who their dad was, right? Hey, well, look, when you come out of the waters of baptism, you know who your dad is. He's the father of Jesus. And he's more powerful. He's the creator of the universe, and he has more to give than any human father can give. And, and those of us that know that what we got from our birth family wasn't enough, we're the ones that are usually the fastest to kind of want to be baptized because we know that what we, re we really need a new beginning. You know, you think? So, so Nicodemus, he doesn't get it. He says, um, like, do I have to, like, how do I go back, climb back into my mom and get born? Again, well, Jesus doesn't explain. He, he kind of explains it right here, too. He says, uh, truly, truly, I say, um, put it on the hood. Unless one is born of water and the spirit. Okay. So you've got to be born of water and the spirit. You know, uh, not just the water. Like, you know, first thing that happens when a mother, when a baby's born is the water breaks. All of us are born of water, right? Okay. Well, in a way, baptism is is going back into that water, but unless you're born of water and the spirit, okay, you can't, this time it says enter the kingdom of God. Okay, so entry into the kingdom of God, this is like a border crossing. It's like a border crossing and a womb and a, and, and a graveyard at the same time. We die at the border and we come up a new creation, a son or a daughter in the case of Christina and Heather, daughters of the father of Jesus. And you cross from this world into the eternal life, into the kingdom of God. It's a border where you cross from this world. Um, you know, I don't know about you, but I, I feel like North America doesn't have enough to kind of make me happy. You know, I need something more than the best of what the USA has to offer. Making America great again, it's never going to be great enough for me to, to be satisfied. I need to go beyond it. You know, like they say, People in Latin America, they say, I got to go to El Norte. I say the heavens are to the north of the north. Mas allá del norte, you know, further north than the north. And that's what baptism is about. It's about being reborn into further north than the north, into a place that's, that where there's no more weeping and gnashing of teeth, you know, where uh, it's the kingdom of God. Even though we're still going to suffer, we've already passed and got our new heavenly passport, our new heavenly id we're now daughters and sons of the fathers of father of jesus and eternal life's begun